Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com slash giving. Enjoy the podcast. You know, God is doing some good things. Hey, man, I know you probably heard some of the things that he's doing down at Asbury. And uh, so that, that, it's wonderful to see what he's doing and know some, even one of our former staff members at Topeka First down in Florida, they've seen God doing some wonderful things in the past 30 days in their church in, in Florida. And, and uh, you know, God, God is moving. I think that for us, we have to be able to keep our hearts open to what God wants to do in our lives. It's important. We have to keep our hearts and open to what God wants to work in us because he loves us more than what we even understand, what we realize. And, you know, this week, I ask you to be praying for our district, for uh, the HEK, the uh, uh, Assemblies of God of Kansas uh, Ministry Network. Uh, we're having a, actually having a prayer meeting. They're actually doing prayer meetings all over and had planned this uh, some time back. And they asked us to host that as well. So we'll have some different uh, ministers uh, coming and uh, we'll be here on Thursday from four to six. So uh, it's just, it's, a, it's an invitational only thing, but for ministers. But uh, I want to encourage you to be praying too, that God would work and move there as we pray and fast and seek the Lord uh, for the future and what God wants to do. Because we have one of the things the superintendent's talking about. We have many of these counties where we don't have churches anymore. And uh, that's, that's something that God has put in their hearts. And, and we're praying, God, what, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to be a part of what you're doing? And, and so, and you know, uh, we have them in our Topeka metro area as well, right? Where, uh, if you, if you want to say that, because Topeka metro includes Jackson County, I think Pottawatomie County, and, and then Osage uh, and then maybe over a part in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Douglas County, maybe as well, uh, part of that for the, for the metro area of Topeka. Uh, but God wants to do something. And we need to be willing to let God work through us and let him work through our lives and in our lives. This morning, we're going to open the word. And if you can jump in with me, we're going to look over into the book of uh, uh the book of Romans, chapter 8, is where we're going to start, and we're going to spend some time there this morning because most people who walk with Christ every day, uh, they feel like they're in a fight, and, and, some, and in some ways, we are in a fight, right? It's a fight to live in a way to bring joy to God and also to enjoy life for ourselves as well, and they're trying to find that balance, uh, and trying to find that balance in the fight can be challenging at times. Uh, and it's, a, it's that place where you know that God will give you a nod and maybe a thumbs up if he does that. I don't know if he does that, but, but he's like he's saying it's going to be okay. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us this, And without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone... Uh, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Uh, and what a powerful scripture. Yet on the flip side of that is that we do bring joy to God when we live out our faith. We bring it to him when we live out our faith. In fact, he, he even rewards our faith, and faith includes that willingness 
to be faithful or to stick it out in challenging and difficult times, to stick it out for the long haul, right? That's part of what faithfulness is. And faith is more than just a one-shot wonder. Faith is more than that. It's about saying, hey, God, you can work in my life, and God does do something for us. But then on the other side of that, we stick it out. Today, I'm going to speak to you about living in the Spirit. And, and this will take us over here to Romans chapter 8 in a second. But, but we, we, we all want to enjoy our life and to give joy to God. So we so we want to uh, uh, balance in that place. We, we want to balance in that place where we have some enjoyment in life, but also we give God joy too out, out of living our lives for Him. And, and, uh, have you watched the gymnasts? The gymnasts are individual, or interesting people. They are very skilled at what they do usually. They, they train very hard, and they must use every muscle in their body. I don't know. Uh, but have you seen them on the balance beam? They get up there. They jump up there, however they do, and they're, they're standing on that balance beam, and there they are balancing. I'm just happy if I can balance standing up here. And so those guys, they're standing on the balance beam, and the next thing you know, they get, they get their bearings and everything, and then they do some kind of flip on it. They do a somersault or something. They, they, they do, I don't know, they, and then they'll, they'll fly off that thing and land on their feet. I, if I flew off the thing, I would land on my head. Uh, but, but these guys, they, they, they're skilled, and if you watch them when they're balancing, they, they are, their muscles are straining. They are straining to be able to stay in that same place. And they make it look easy, really, though. But I think sometimes for us, we're, we're kind of like that uh, when it comes to uh, balancing and, and trying to stand in life and balancing out our faith and our walk with the Lord and in this world. And living in the Spirit is a life where we're balancing by faith. But we shouldn't be stressing over the balancing. We shouldn't really be stressing over the balancing, but we do it, do it at times, don't we? We do it at times, and sometimes our, our muscles are bulging, and we're, we're, we're trying to stand there, and it's like well, we, we have to be able to take on another uh, frame of mind and look to our Lord to see how He uh, wants to help us. The, the balance here, the Bible uh, reminds us that we, we live in a world, but we aren't of this world. We live in this world, but we're not of it because we've been born of the Spirit of God, of Christ is in our heart. And this, this, balance, is, this balance starts with faith as in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And too many times we, people fret so much about the balance that they, they miss out on what Jesus has already done for them on the cross. They miss out on that, and you have to remember to live out your faith from the victory that Jesus has won on the cross for you. You have to be able to live out your faith through that victory that Jesus has done. And look, at, look with me over to Romans chapter 8, verse 1 this morning. It should be on the screen for you, and it says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And then he goes on here in verse 3, and he says this, for, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, the Old Testament law, God did by sending his, his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So he, he looked like us, so to speak, and he came to be an offering, and, and so he condemned sin in the flesh, 
in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So the Apostle Paul, he's writing this to, uh, to the Roman believers. He's writing it to them uh, there in Rome in the first century. And uh, so he, he lays down so many powerful things in this passage to be able to help them. And the, verse where, uh, the, the first verse here reminds us that we don't have to be ruled from the fear of being condemned when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. Condemnation is really not the most joyful word. Uh, most of us don't get too happy when we hear, yeah, condemnation. No, I, we just don't do that, right? I, I don't know too many people that do. Uh, but, but when we think of someone being condemned, you may think of a prisoner who's been dealt a serious judgment. Yes, we understand what it, what, uh, that that's what we, that what we all deserve. We all deserve judgment, right? We know that and, and because we've all sinned. And even the Apostle Paul writes that earlier in chapter 3 of the book of Romans. He talks a little bit about that. And, and, but for those of us who put their faith in Jesus and follow him, there's no condemnation. There's forgiveness. I'm thankful for that forgiveness. I'm thankful for that grace that Jesus has reached out to give to us. You know, sometimes followers of Christ uh, keep living in that place of condemnation and fear and continue down that same path as before because it hasn't really penetrated their hearts yet. They may know it a little bit. It may be, it may be rattling around there in the brain a little bit, but, but they haven't, it really hasn't penetrated in the hearts yet. They haven't grabbed a hold of what God is saying to them. And, and, uh, when you, but when you do grab a hold of it, it's going to do something in your life. Living in the Spirit will not only bring God joy, but it will bring you joy too. Let it, you have to let this sink into our minds. Uh, it's kind of like receiving a gift, right? And as we know, we, we've all received gifts or given gifts, and you may actually receive a box of chocolates from somebody, a good friend of yours. They give it say, hey, we want to give this to you today. And they bring it by your house, and, and you unwrap them. You can even smell the aroma of the chocolate. These are good. They, you can smell it, and, and you can tell that, hey, this is quality stuff. And once you sense the aroma... You set them on the counter, you set them aside, you don't take one, but you set them there on the counter and you leave it there. Uh, it's not because you can't have one, because you can have. You read that thing, you said, oh, I can have everything in it, right? Those of us had to read labels, you know. Uh, but, but, but you just have to take one out by faith. Sometimes what happens is people just leave it there and they won't open the top and pull it out. Sometimes they'll open the top and just smell it. They just leave it there, put it back. I don't know how you can do that. For goodness sake, I'd be pulling one of those out of there and eating it, right? You have to take it by faith that, that that friend of yours gave them to you to eat. And how would your friend feel if you just left them on the counter simply to go bad? That wouldn't be the greatest thing, right? Uh, and when you when you uh, when you eat one, it gives you the gives you joy, and it gives. The giver joy as well. And it's the same when we receive God. Not only do we receive joy from God because he's done something in our lives, but he also receives joy as well when he sees that we receive from him. 
Sometimes we don't look at it that way, and that's a problem for us. And that's why sometimes we run down the pathways that we do. How, how does God feel when you, when you don't step out in faith to accept the gift that he's given you? Look at what Paul goes on to say here. It says in the last half of the, of the sentence, starting in verse 2, uh, remember that uh, the, the verse numbers were put in the Bible much later. They are not original. So when, it's like sometimes when we read in Bible study, one person may have uh, the numbers at a different place than others. Don't worry, that's not God's inspired word in the sense of number two, three, four, and five. Those are put in there so we can find a place, right? It just makes it easier. That's all those are. But the, the original copies didn't have that in it, but they just help us. But verse 2 says this, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For you who follow Jesus... You've been set free from the law of sin and death. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to continue to be ruled by the flesh or the old sinful nature where, where he says he has set you free. The words you in Greek actually is singular, kind of like we have it there, but it's singular in Greek. And he, he's speaking to the Roman believers as individuals and saying you, not just you. He's saying you. You as an individual. And actually, he's do it, doing the same for us today as we're reading it. He's saying you, you as an individual. Uh, God has done this for you. He has set you free as an individual, as a follower of Jesus. You were set free from the law of sin and death when you came to faith in Christ. And that's one of the most powerful truths ever. And, and you, you were delivered from condemnation. You, you were freed from that. You, you should have been condemned, but Jesus Christ carried your sin to the cross and it was nailed to the tree with him. He, he carried my sin to the cross and it was nailed to the tree with him. Look at what the Holy Spirit goes on to say through the Apostle Paul. Uh, here in verse 3, he says this, For uh, what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. It didn't say he was sinful, but in the likeness of sinful flesh to, to be a sin offering. So uh, uh, God's Old Testament law made demands, and, and it uh, condemns when those demands weren't met, but, but it, it, cannot be, uh, it cannot overcome sin. That Old Testament law couldn't do that. Remember the sacrifices that were made. They were, doing, they were there temporary. They were just there to cover. They were there to cover the sin temporarily to do something, to look forward to what Jesus would do on the cross for you and I. They were a temporary thing. But, but, but we see that this inability of the law required the personal action of God in Christ. The, the sinful nature or people's desire to do what they want can't be overcome simply by rules. You can put, put every kind of rule out there, but that's not going to save you. God, God had to overcome this tendency for us to sin and to, to, own, uh, uh, and to, uh, to do our own thing through Jesus' offering on the cross. Uh, Paul says the law was weakened by the flesh. It was weakened by us. It was weakened by our sinful nature, right? In contexts like this, the Greek word uh, sarx, which is the Greek word for flesh, 
that, that Greek word refers to the sinful state of human beings and often presented as a power in opposition to the pneuma in Greek or, or the spirit. It's important for us to understand you, you can't overcome the power of the flesh by sheer willpower, but many try that, right? You don't overcome those things just simply by your willpower. That's not enough. You need the Spirit of God himself to help you live in the Spirit. You need his Spirit. And the only way that happens is being born of the Spirit of God, asking Christ into our life, accepting the sacrifice on the cross for our sin, and then allowing him to work through us and in us, and then living it out. It can only happen through faith and what Jesus did for each and every one of us. How do, you, how do you continue living in the Spirit? How, how do you continue to, to, to live in the Spirit? Uh, first, you hold on to this faith in Christ. You have to hold on to that. Don't let it go. Sometimes what happens is people are living life and then they let go. Uh, we can't let go of that. And then it, then it includes what James said in, in James chapter 4, verse 7. Should be on the screen for you. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, it's that, it's that daily submission, right? It's that daily submission and resubmission every day when God is working in our lives. It's not, it's not just a one-time thing. Why? Uh, why? Because the old nature may try to stick its head up again. May try to stick its head up again. I don't know, if that, has that ever happened to you? Surely not. Surely not you guys. But, 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 but sure, that happens. The old nature tries to stick its head, and Satan will do whatever he can to tempt you so that you will walk off the path, but God has set you up for victory as you submit to him. And so it's that process of submitting and resubmitting, allowing the Lord to help us so that we can walk out our faith in a different way, in a more powerful way every day. We need him. Do you realize how much that you need him? I need him. We need him tremendously more than anything. We need him. We, we, don't, want to take, uh, we don't want to take our hands off of him. We want to hold his hand, allow him to work in our lives. Some, sometimes uh, followers of Christ keep living in that place of condemnation and fear and uh, continue down that same path as before because it hasn't really penetrated their heart yet. We want, we want him to penetrate into our lives. Jesus won the war for us on the cross. He won the war for us. Not just a battle. You know, a battle is a small part of the war. He won the war for us on the cross. Jesus gave his life so that we could be forgiven, brought into the household of God, and we can take part of the good things of God. And when we think of, uh, so we have to be able to su submit to him. So he set us up for victory as we submit to him. So we want to submit to him and we want to allow him to work in us. So when we think of that word submit, there's, a, there's another word that comes to mind really for me is to humble. It's humility, right? It's to humble ourselves. And even an, uh, another softer word than that would be to yield, Right? So to be able to yield to the Lord. So you know it's cold outside. I guess today, even though it's February, we're going to have to pretend, right? Uh, and because so it's cold weather. So you know, you know those days when it was like thirty below wind chill, right? Uh, you guys love that, don't you? Uh, uh, so 
you, you see the door, you get out of your car, and you're ready to rock and roll right to the door. You, you don't want to stop or anything. And then there is somebody right there beside you as you both get to the door, right? You want to get inside where, where, it's, where it's 69, 70 degrees, where it's comfortable. And you see them, and they're getting ready, and you're like, I'm going to go inside. I don't care what they're doing. No, you decide to, you know what? I'm going to open the door for you. So you open the door for them, and you let them in first. You know, you both got there at the same time, right? So, and you don't know, is this a driving situation or not? You know, if it's, dri if it's driving, if they're on your right, you have to yield, right? Or how is it? Is that what it is? Something like that. I can't remember. I don't drive cars. But anyway, so you're going along, and you yield to them. You let them in, and you say, go ahead, you first. You first. You yield, right? You stop. You hold back a little bit. You're freezing your phalanges off, but you yield, and you let them in because you think it's better to let them in than yourself. We need to come to the point where we're willing to yield to God and say, okay, Father, you first. You first. Not myself, not someone else, but you first. That means it requires us to humble ourselves and to take second place. God forbid that we'd have to take second place. <laughs> that, that's hard, isn't it? That's a reality. That's hard because people want to be first. We want to be first. And then for those that are ultra, ultra, you know, seem really humble, they say, oh, no, no, we don't want to be. Yeah, most of us want to be. We want to be first. We need to be able to come to that point where we're willing to say, you first, Father. It requires that humility. And so, but we're prone to say, me first. We, we don't want to freeze outside, right? We don't want to freeze out there. But the blessings in the end can be greater than we've ever imagined when we're willing to say, you first, God. How do we know that? In the same chapter. In this very same chapter, the Apostle Paul, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, is writing to God's people, and he, he said this. He, he, he said in Romans chapter 8, 28, and many of you know that passage, and he says this, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. See, that, that verse is in the context of submission and prayer. Submission and prayer. It's in that context. In this, it, it's found, we find that in this same passage, in this same chapter, where the Lord is speaking to us in chapter 8, and, and the same one, and that's really living in the Spirit. It's humbling ourselves before God, saying, God, you first, you have your way, you do what it is that you want to do. Let's look back at the last part of, of Romans chapter 8, verse 3, and then, then into verse 4. He says this, and so he condemned sin in the flesh. He, he shut it down. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in, a, in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So again, he, he condemned sin in the flesh 
uh, we, were, we were once dominated and directed by sin. And God condemned sin and he overthrew its power. He, he overthrew it and it doesn't have to rule you. Sin does not have to rule your life as a follower of Jesus. It does not have to rule you. It doesn't have to control your life. And Jesus not only blotted out sin's guilt and brought us close to God, but he also crushed sin as power and set us free from its, from its enslaving control because we were enslaved by it. And this couldn't have been done except in the flesh, in the sarks, as they say in Greek. It was done through Jesus did it in the flesh because he become a human like you and I. Didn't mean he sinned. Scripture says in him who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He wasn't a sinner like us. He didn't mess up like us. He was the son of the living God and he came to give us life. The battle was joined and the triumph was secured. You don't have to be ruled by the flesh. Jesus won the battle for you. Jesus won the war for you. So what do we do? We have to submit to God. We have to resist the devil and he will flee. That's the process that we walk through in life as we live out our lives in Jesus. Let's move on to what he says there in chapter 8, verse 5 again. He says, uh, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Now, that word flesh, the original sarks, uh, it, it holds a couple different meanings, and we have to understand that in a passage like this because it can be confusing. And usually in, in Paul's writings, he uses that word uh, in the moral sense of the flesh, in, in the moral sense, how we live rightly before God, right? In a, in a good, living out good, godly way. And, but, but saying human nature is corrupted and weakened by sin. So since using different expressions about the flesh can be confusing, let, let's explain it just a hair bit. Uh, to be in the flesh, as the word is used in Romans chapter 8, verse 8 there, where he says those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. On that one, he's saying that person is not born again or is not a follower of Jesus. So then, he, then they pair them with another Greek word. And, and so uh, to be according to the flesh, as in verse 5, is to have the flesh as the, as the regulating principle of your life. It rules, it regulates, it governs you. So then, then the, the next one is to walk according to the flesh. Kind of out of verse 4, depends on your translation, uh, is to live out uh, in conduct those things dictated by the flesh. So the other side of this, what is all, so if you, if you set all that aside and say, get cut to the point. So the other side of this is to be regulated or living in accord with the Spirit of God is having your mind set on what the Holy Spirit wants. And that's where we want to run, right? 
That's the, that's the path we want to get ourselves onto. That's the train tracks we want to roll down because we need to be able to follow him and allow the Spirit of God to lead us and to guide us. We want to run that direction. So do you know what a regulator is? You know, there's different kinds of regulators out there. You know, it depends on how technical you are. You, you can think about the regulator that, that runs the air pressure that comes out of an air compressor that airs the tires up on your car, right? So, because, you know, if, if you decided, hey, I'm going to put air in my tire this morning because it's a little bit low, so you go and you do it. And if you don't have the regulator set right, the regulator can prevent it from going, say, over 40 pounds, depends. And uh, so you decide, hey, I'm going to run about 500 pounds in my tires. Well, I probably will, I will probably go uh, see you at the morgue. I probably won't even see uh, because that would not be good. It would explode. You know, even a big truck tire, maybe 100, 105, 110 pounds, maybe. Uh, and so you, you put the pressure, you kind of regulate it, you keep it down so it doesn't go too high, and so everybody stays safe. Then you have the other one, right? Uh, I've got, the, I got the, some of those on the church for, church for us. I could go in here, this kind of regulator is I can look in and see what the temperature is, and I can adjust that temperature if I need to, or I can adjust it at home. And, and uh, you know, that's a, that's a challenging one, isn't it? Because when it comes to regulators, when it comes to thermostats, that's when fights happen. Because one family member says, I want it to be 78 degrees in this house. And you poke it to 78 degrees. And the other one comes along and says, uh, uh, 68 is fine with me. And so you're, you go, it's like that going back and forth. But the regulator there, the thermostat is saying, okay, I'm going to do what, it, what, it, what you put in, in there. I'm going to set it for that temperature, and that's it. It regulates it. It keeps it at the right place, right? The problem is, is those type of regulators depend on us putting input into them. But if you live according to the flesh, you're going to be regulated by the flesh. But if you live according to the Spirit, you will be regulated by the Holy Spirit. If Christ is in you, the Holy Spirit is in you. We, we need to stay yielded to the Holy Spirit in our lives. We, it's that uh, submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It's about allowing the, God, the Lord to work in our lives, and it's a process sometimes, and it's not easy, is it? I know it's not easy. That's just part of living, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to help us. He wants to because he cares for us. If Christ is in you, then you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. We know that. That's what Scripture says, that you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yet daily you need to yield to Him. Give Him first chance to walk through the door. Step back a little bit and let Him go first, right? Yeah, it may be cold outside. Let Him lead the way. Because maybe you were going in the wrong door. Right? You know that Satan will do whatever he can to get you to focus on the wrong thing. He wants you to have your mind set on what the flesh desires. It's called temptation. That's what we call that. Yet you have, you have a choice. And if Christ is in you then, you, then you have your mind set on what the Spirit declares. And this is where the Holy Spirit helps us uh, and tells us through Paul over in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, these words. He says, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. 
he's talking to the believers, right? That's who he's writing to there, to the Roman believers and to those of us that follow him today. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they can, they do not belong to Christ. Pretty serious. But if Christ is in you, then even through your body, uh, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Even Jody mentioned that this morning too. You know, we're, we're, we're still subject to death. That's just part of life, right? Well, we were born and, uh, and, and that's just part of it, but not the spiritual death. We're not separated from God in that sense if we put our faith in Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Because of whose righteousness? Jesus' righteousness. It's not on our own, is it? It's not our own righteousness. We don't stand before God because of we're, we're good or we're doing everything perfect. No, we stand based on His righteousness, and we need that. What he did on the cross, why do these verses really matter to you and me? Because God has done something wonderful for you. He's done something wonderful for each and every one of us. And you don't have to live like your past. You don't have to be ruled by your past. You can choose to follow Christ fully and keep your mindset on the right things. Look at what he says there in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 15. He says this, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. We don't have to live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought, brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership, if you will. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Cry out, Daddy. See, God isn't all about making you afraid. Now, we understand that if you balance that, and you understand what uh, it says in Proverbs, that uh, the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom, and that's reverential fear is what we're talking about. So we, we reverence God. And that's a little bit different, but, but God doesn't give us a spirit of fear again. Rather, the spirit we received, uh, you, we received brought about your adoption to sonship. See, God isn't all about trying to make us afraid. He isn't wanting to, you to live in the fear of judgment. That's why Jesus came for you on the cross. That's why he came for you to give you new life again. And, and from that, Jesus came for you. And then we can look towards God and we can say, Daddy. We can call him Abba, Father. We can say, Dad, we need you. We need your help. We need you to work in this situation in our lives. God is good, and He is faithful to us. Too many times people fret so much about keeping balance, like on the balance beam, that they miss out on what Jesus has already done for them. They miss out on what God has done for them. And you may feel like the gymnast on the balance beam. It's here where we find uh, that no matter what trouble or pain we face, God still loves us. You may be trying to balance and say, God, I don't know if I can balance and make you happy and make me happy at the same time or make, give you joy and give me joy at the same time. It may be challenging, but we have to recognize that Jesus has done something for us that no one else can do for us, and we can't do it for ourselves. He gave his life for us.
Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes towards the end of Romans chapter 8. He says, For I am convinced, verse 38, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He loves you. Don't give up. He loves you. Do not give up. Let him lead the way. You're both coming to the same door. And if you're at the right door, you go first, God. If you're not at the right door, say, you go first, God, and then he'll lead you to the right one. Let him go ahead of you. Let him lead the way in your life. See, there's a lot of noise in our lives, a lot of noise. And it comes from every direction, doesn't it? We're going to hear it all the time. It's going to challenge us and make us wonder and and the devil's going to throw things at us in our lives and going to make it challenging, and he's going to maybe throw some temptations. It may not be serious stuff. It may not be a huge thing. Maybe it is for you. I don't know. But, but maybe it's a small thing, but, but the Lord is saying, just submit to me. Allow me to work. Just humble yourself. Allow me to work in your life so that I can take you to the place where I want you to go because I have a plan for you. God, Leah loves each and every one of us. He just... He just wants us to be willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you in your way. He wants us to be willing to, to yield to him when we come to the door. We all want to enjoy our life and give joy to God. We, we, want, to balance, we want to balance in that place. Jesus Christ has done so much for you. And if you noticed it or not yet, sometimes we don't always, we don't always notice it. May even be a believer, but we don't realize and understand how much he's done for us. And if you put your trust in Christ, you have been set free from the law of sin and death. Not one thing can separate you from God's love. Let his Holy Spirit regulate your life. Let his Holy Spirit govern and lead your life. Live by the Spirit. Let your mind, uh, set your mind on what, what is good and let him take lead you into the path where you're to go. You don't have to stay defeated by the enemy who tries to remind you of your past. Remember, Jesus has won the victory already. He has won the war. It is finished in him. It is done. It is settled in heaven. Yet we must, we live in this world and we have to be able to submit to him every day and allow him to work in our lives. Turn to Christ and let him bring you to the place he wants you to stand and the place he wants you to walk. Humble yourself before him today. Please don't wait to be humbled by your circumstances. That's not what we want. Father, we look to you this morning. First and foremost, God, we say we need you more than anything in this world. 
Father, we understand that we have been broken and undone, and by your grace we stand, and through your righteousness we stand. We are not special in our own, but you have created us and formed us, and you have bought us back with the price, with the blood of Jesus. And Father, we offer ourselves to you today. We humble ourselves to you today, Father. Say, God, work in our lives. We yield ourselves to you. Father, go first. Father, go first. Help us, Lord. Father, go first. Lead our lives. May we walk by the Spirit. May your Spirit who lives inside of us transform us. And if you haven't yet allowed the Spirit of God to live inside of you, if you haven't yet put your faith in Jesus. Today is your day to do that. Just say, Jesus, I put my trust in you. I accept what you did on the cross. I believe that you rose from the grave. Be the Lord of my life. Just say that prayer in your own way and put your trust in him and then tell somebody, I put my faith in Jesus today and I'm not turning back. I'm moving forward. I'm not turning back. I'm moving forward, and I'm going to walk with Him from this point on. Father, flood us by Your grace. Flood us with Your strength. And we entrust ourselves into Your hands. 